This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, broadcasting straight up out of the city of Chicago and out of the state of Illinois. Thanks for joining me, folks. And uh, I'm coming down with the flu or something or or, or something. I got a, I have a cough, so um, I'm not feeling that well, but I think I can try and make it through this show, hopefully. I'm having problems with my earphones. So, you know, it's it's one of those times. Anyway, welcome to the George Wanda Jr. Show. Nothing's perfect. Um, hate has no home here. And uh, be nice to one another out there. Folks, there's too many people out there being nasty and rude for no good reason at all, for only they can do it. That's why they do it, because they can do it. That they get, uh, And also, they do it because they can get away with it. And some people do it because they just like to in, try to intimidate and bully other people. Okay, so try to be nice to one another. And 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 if you, you run around people, and if you get around people, if you know people who are bullies, who are uh, you know just outright bullies for no reason, particular reason at all, get the hell away from those type of people. Leave them alone uh, because they will bring your life down. They will tear your life apart. They will be the reasons. Uh, for you not wanting to, to be the best that you can be. But first of all, you have to get rid of all those negative voices around you. Because I know there's too many people out there who have the talent to do to be anything they want to be, have the talent to do everything they want to do, anything they want to do. You want to write that book, write that book. You want to open up a pizza shop, open up a pizza, cup, pizza, pizza shop. Excuse me. If you want to open up a salon fixing hair, open up a salon and fix hair. But you have to have positive people behind you if you want to open up a a a gym or a fitness center anything or or a janitor's uh uh, anything anything out there i'm I'm having problems thinking Uh, anything you want to do in your life do it especially if it's positive and it's going to better yourself and better some of the people around you you have to get rid of the negative voices you have to get rid of the people who don't support you because if you don't, they're going to bring you down. They're going to do everything they can to make sure that you don't make it in life. They're going to do everything they can to make sure that nobody likes you because they don't like you. So they want everybody else not to like you. Or they're going to try to tell you not to like somebody whom they don't like. That's pettiness. But it happens. It happens all the time. So uh, uh, be the best that you can be at, at what anything you can be. Be the best at it. Remember in this world to 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 be successful in this world, you have, you have to have something to offer people. And, and it has to be some sort of a need. Figure out the kind of need out there and supply uh, the things, uh, things toward that need. Figure out a need and then supply uh, that need out there. It's tough out there now. It's open of a business to be any kind of a business. You got to be, you know, you got to have a moral compass to actually succeed in business today because it's tough, it's rough. It's, it's harder than it was 20, uh, 10, 20, 15, 10, 20, 30 years ago, 15 years ago. It's harder, you know, every day is getting tougher. You know, homelessness is just like 
I mean, out of this world, man. I mean, I was downtown the other day and, uh, you know, uh, I've seen, I've seen so many homeless people. It's a damn shame. I mean, you, I mean, when you're downtown city of Chicago, it's a big city and, you know, you got all kinds of buildings, big ass skyscrapers, you got, you know, uh, but among all of that, you know, you, you have the homeless population who seem not to know anywhere to go, but downtown Chicago, because they figure that's where the, uh, where they can, uh, you know, panhandle or whatever, hang out on the streets. I was, I, I was downtown yesterday and this guy in a wheelchair, he was, he was homeless. He was begging for money. The thing about it, I mean, as you were walking down the pavement, you're walking down the sidewalk trying to get to wherever you're trying to get to because you can't really drive down there. It's too, it's too uh, congested. So most of us, have to, we have to take the uh, uh, public transportation down there. And I, I think I've got, I got off on State and Lake, and I was headed towards the State of, the El- State of Illinois building, okay, to do some banking. And as I was walking down the pavement toward the State of Illinois building, uh, this guy in the wheelchair, it was pretty moderate traffic for, for downtown. Sound like a book, right? <laughs> it was pretty pretty moderate traffic. It was during the, in the afternoon. And this guy in a wheelchair, African-American, he, this guy in a wheelchair, I mean, he was blocking everybody from, he was in everybody's way. We were trying to walk past this guy. Every, he was in everybody everybody's way that was trying to cross the street. We're trying to get to where we're going. He was all in the way blocking. I mean, he was right in your face, begging, begging. This is how he was doing some intense begging. He wanted you to stop, see him. And so he can tell you that he's homeless. uh, So you can go in your pocket and give him some money. And I don't understand another thing. A lot of, a lot of homeless people get on the train, the subway trains, and they start begging for money, nickels, dimes, quarters. And, it costs over three dollars, maybe three three twenty five to get on the train. Why would anybody get on the catch a subway train, pay pay three dollars and twenty five cents to get on the train to beg for nickels? I don't understand that. But anyway, uh, he was in my way. He was this guy in a wheelchair. He was in everybody's way, trying to block everybody to make sure they see him as as we pass by, you know, and try to give him some money. And as I've said a thousand times on the show, I don't give beggars or panhandlers money anymore. I stopped that a long time ago. I stopped feeling guilty uh, about having something as, and they're, they're having nothing. But I don't do that anyway. But what I do, I give to organizations that cater to people like that. I give to organizations that, you know, uh, uh, help those type of individuals out there in the street that's begging for money because you, because if you go in your pocket, give them five, $10, they're going to be back out there the next day begging for five or $10. And they're going to make you feel guilty because you didn't give them no money, even though you gave them some the other day. And, uh, you know, I stopped doing that and start giving to Salvation Army and a lot of these other charities that cater to the homeless. That's, uh, that's doing a lot better than going in your pocket and giving the money. I know a lot of people feel like they, oh, but they're, they, they're homeless. They don't have any place to go. A lot of those homeless people out there that you think are homeless, they have some place to go every night. They don't sleep on the ground. It's against the law. It's somewhat, uh, and, and by you giving to these charity uh, uh, places that cater to uh, the homeless population, you're helping them to get off the street. You're helping them to get that bed uh, once they get to that shelter. That's helping them. 
Because if you go in your pocket, all they're going to do is go out and buy a pack of cigarettes, get a bottle of beer, a pint of, a pint of wine or something, and then they're back out there begging. Yeah. So uh, I, I try to cater to the uh, agencies that cater to the homeless population instead of going in my pocket because you'd be doing that every day. I mean, if you gave every homeless person that stood on the corner uh, uh, 5 or $10 every day, you'd be broke. Then you would be the one out there begging. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show, but you do what you want to do. That's up to you. Uh, this, you're listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio. My guest today is author Mary Lou Goldblum. Okay, uh, the latest thing that's happening in the city of Chicago is we having, as I speak, folks, as I sit here on the radio and try to be the greatest host in the, the greatest radio show host or podcast host or internet radio show host in the world, we are having a a governor a governor's debate tonight. I think there's about five or six candidates there on right now. Channel 11, right now. I'm not, I'm not watching it, but I can hear it in the background. Um, they're having a debate. Who wants to be governor? You know, I'm, but <laughs> but whoever is governor would be an upstep. Would be an upgrade, I should say. From Bruce Rauner. Bruce Rauner has been the worst governor in in the state of Illinois history. Obviously a Republican, but he has really, really been awful. He has a good gift of gab. He can talk his ass off. He can sound good. He'll make you think that he's uh, uh, going to do everything he says he is going to do. And uh, that's not happening. He has some promises he made during his first campaign. And he has, and he is not fulfilled. He's yet to fulfill. And all, and already he's running for a second term. He's saying, "Give me another chance, so I can get this." No, you're not going to get another chance. This state was shut down two, almost two years, two and a half years, before the Democrats in the General Assembly overrode him. Now, if he gets it again, he's gonna he he's gonna do the same thing and try to finish the job. So, no, we don't want Bruce Rauner. Totally do not want him in office. Okay, let's go to some top stories, some top news here. Two people dead, more than a dozen injured in a Kentucky high school school shooting. Don't you just get sick and tired of hearing about school shootings around America, but they are as constant as the sun shining? Um, wow. A sheriff's deputy captured the 15-year-old suspect. I think we've seen him. He's a big, heavy-set guy. He's about 15 years old, they say. Obviously, he he's probably a student of the school that he shot up. But this is awful. It says here that a 15-year-old male student, excuse me, opened fire at a Kentucky high school um, killing two fellow students and wounding several other people before he was captured by a sheriff's deputy at the scene, authorities say. And and I do think we do see a photograph of the guy because they have him handcuffed and taking him out of the school. But they're not going to give his name out. They're not going to say who he is because he's underage. Okay, he's a juvenile. Two people were being treated for gut wounds while five suffered non-gunshot. Uh, related injuries and this is this is really bad the teen gunman armed with a handgun attacked around 8 a.m 
time. The female student died at the scene and the male student was pronounced dead at the hospital. The shooter, whose identity has not been released, will be charged with murder. He's 15 years old. He's going to be charged with murder and attempted murder. Where did, I'm pretty sure they're going to find out where in the hell does a 15-year-old boy get a handgun. But, you know, guns are so readily available throughout America, it's, it's a non-starter. School shooting, the scene is secure, the suspect, the suspect is in custody. I mean, this is one of, the, one of those times where they actually capture a suspect instead of shooting him or the suspect turning the gun on, on himself. Uh, he probably wished he had, though. But uh, this guy is 15. He'll never get out of jail on this. You know, this is a horrendous crime. School shootings are just, are just you know, I mean, if you, if you have a child in, in school, public schools, private schools, or wherever, uh, things like this uh, can happen. I mean, school's going to have to start doing a better job at um, uh, detecting whether a student is going to be violent or not against their school, against their school. It's just sad that uh, these, these things happen in America and still, to, and still today, uh, there's no... Um, uh, there's there's nothing in Washington to try to curb this. The NRA is in the pockets of uh, the the politicians are in the pockets of the NRA, and I'm hearing that J- Mueller is trying to fix NRA with the Trump administration, and they're talking about money laundering. Hopefully, something can happen from there. But anyway, going back to this shooting, uh, two dead, more than a dozen injured in Kentucky high school shooting, and the culprit is a 15-year-old boy, <laughs> Caucasian. Okay, it says here, I'm just reading from Huffington, Huffington Post here, folks. Uh, five victims were transferred to Vanderbilt University Hospital Center in Nashville, Tennessee. Trauma, trauma surgeon, doc, Dr. Oscar something. This guy's got a name <laughs> where it uses all 26 letters of the alphabet. So I'm not going to try and pronounce it because I don't, because I will mess it up. Anyway, he said that, that one of the victims died from a gunshot wound to the head, wound to the head. Others were suffered gunshot wounds uh, to the head, and, and uh, another, suffered, another two suffered minor injuries. All four are expected to survive, even though two people were dead, are dead. It's a sad time for all of us. It is. It it is. It's just these school shootings and the taking of these young precious lives are it is just twofold and there's nothing being done about this in Washington. Nothing. Nothing. I mean <laughs> they don't give a damn. Trump and his Washington fellows do not give a damn. It it's 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 mind boggling that they they're they'll they let this kind of stuff go on in America. They let it go on in America. The hell with it. Let let Americans kill it. Americans. He don't give a damn. He really doesn't, because they're not going to do anything. Gun control. You might as well not even mention gun control. They don't even know what the hell that means or what it is. They're accepting too much cash from the NRA. You know, so the National Rifle Association. They accept. They accepting too much cash. The, the National Rifle Association is lining their pockets. We know that. 
and it's not going to happen. It's just another shooting in America. And the best thing to stop these kinds of shootings that uh, schools are going to have to step up their uh, security. That's all that that's all it is about. I mean, because you're not going to get anything out of Washington, especially on gun control. It ain't going it it to happen. I mean, Chicago has some of the toughest gun laws in 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 the world. And yet we have the highest crime rate in the world, too. Uh, it seems like anyway. Wow. So that's that's the sad news of the day is that uh, another school shooting, whether it's in Kentucky, Chicago, California, Nevada, Montana, it's a school shooting in America. And we all should be concerned about that. You know, we all should be concerned about that. And we should be talking to our, our elected leaders, but we have to change Congress. Uh, we want to get things done. We want to get things done the right way. We, we want to take uh, take America back and bring America back into its actual greatness. Uh, we're going to have to change the Congress. We're going to have to change the guy in the White House because under these folks, it's not going to get done. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And, you know, it, it, and they're going to try and spin it as this is good for America. And it's not. It's not. We all know this. Uh, 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 the NRA is not good for America. We know that. And it, and for someone to say that, you know, um, is wrong. But one of the things I want to say, Pennsylvania, uh, the, the politicians in Pennsylvania, okay, you might have heard of this. The politicians in Pennsylvania, uh, try to uh, change, change, switch around their district map. Some call it gerrymandering. A lot of us called it cheating in order for the Republicans to uh, win office or keep office. And the Supreme Court struck that down. He said that is unconstitutional. You're trying to deprive people from voting when the voting, when the constitution gives them that right to vote. And I want to say my hands, my head's, just exploding. And my hat is off to the Supreme Court for protecting the right to vote of the American citizens. And uh, as we all know, Republicans can't win. They don't have the votes, so they have to cheat. And, and one Republican came out and said, well, we're cheating because, I can't think of his name, He's, we're cheating because it's, it's better to elect a Republican than a Democrat. So that's why we're cheating. Yeah, that was actually said. It's better to elect a, a Republican than a Democrat. So that's why they were, you know, gerrymandering their district, shaping it up and, and organizing it so that only Republicans can win. So the Supreme Court struck that down. You know, but they're going to think of other ways to try to win, believe me, of cheating to win this election in 2018. Yeah, the Democrats may have caved. Some people said they've caved. Some people don't don't agree that they, that they caved. Some people said they are being smart. They are being more intelligent. They've saved the uh, chip program or something to, to that effect. Whether they caved or not, did not cave or they intend to cave, I don't think any of that is going to have a bearing on November 2018 midterms election because People want Donald Trump and his goons and his thugs and his liars out of the White House. 
We want them out. Yes, I'm an independent, but I looking at it the same way as some Democrats, uh, grassroots Democrats are looking at it. We want him out. We want him out. And we want, we, we want the White House back. We want America back because Donald Trump is just taking it down. And once uh, we retrieve the uh, Senate and the House and maybe the, the White House, we can start uh, undoing everything that Donald Trump has done. Even Donald Trump has said it. Donald Trump has said, hey, wow, he's, he's going out. He has been going out saying, don't vote Democrats. Don't vote for Democrats. Donald Trump. And his reason for, for not wanting you to vote Democrat, Donald Trump, is because he fears that the Democrats will, will uh, change everything he's done, will undo everything that he's done, just like he's trying to undo everything Obama's done. So he's saying, do, do not vote Democrat because they'll undo everything I've done. That's, that's the purpose. That's what's going to happen. We're going to undo everything Donald's done because basically a lot of the things that he done undone of Obama is hurtful towards us. But he doesn't give a damn because he's thinking more in term. He's thinking more in um, turn of the rich, the corporations. You know, and he what what did he do? Gave them a tax cut and throw and threw poor the poor or and the middle class crumbs. And saying that we should like it. That's something. So we have to vote, vote, vote. We ha- and uh, as long as I'm on the radio, now until November 6, 2018, I'm going to be espousing uh, vote. You know, just vote. Vote these guys out. Vote these guys and girls out who do not have your interest. It's a shame that a lot of these Republicans were voted in by their constituency, by their voters, and then they turn their backs on their voters and, you know, and, and start kissing Donald Trump's ass, regardless of what their voters say. They don't show up at home town hall meetings to answer questions from their voters who are their employers. They don't give a damn. All they know is that uh, somebody in Washington is greasing their palms, is lining their pockets with cash. This is what, I mean, you got... Uh, the salary for a, a representative in Congress is a hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars a year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just a regular middle-class salary in some cases, a little bit more, baby. But it's not a millionaire or a billionaire salary. They go in there, um, and then they get the job. <laughs> you know, they somebody whispers in their ear. They want. It, for them to vote a different way instead of the way that their constituency want them to vote. And then they, you know, uh, uh, put a million dollars in their account. Do you think they're going to follow the people who put them in office or the person who put a million dollars into, to, into their account? It's so easy to be bought off in Washington. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's so easy to be bought off. Bought off. I bet you some Democrats are bought off, too. You know, there, there's no doubt about it. They're not all on the up and up because they're Democrats. And you have to, and then there are some Democrats need to be kicked out, kicked out on their asses also. So because they're a Democrat doesn't mean that they're going, they are going to do the right thing. But most Democrats are on the right side of the issue. Republicans are on the wrong side of the issue. You know? And uh, they like, they like taking, taking um, money away from social programs and giving it to corporations and billionaires, these folks who really don't need it. 
but they just want to hurt the poor and hurt the middle class because this is what they are. for walking while black. Um, so well, I get a, a, it. A lot of sons have been... <laughs> yeah, I get it. I mean, it doesn't make me... You know, you can't buy your way out of this one. You can't educate your way out of it. Um, it's just it's, happening too much, or at least we know about it now. It's, it's always happened. Um, we see more evidence of it. And too often, people still are inclined to say, well, if he'd had a different attitude, well, if he hadn't been driving, well, if he hadn't been this, if he hadn't been that, almost as if the victim is partially to blame. You know, in the case of Garner, well, he shouldn't have resisted. In the case of Brown, well, where was he? In the case of Trayvon, well, he had a hood on, you know, and in in the case of whoever, you know, in case of uh, Sandra Bland, you know, well, her attitude was better. It's like, no, stop, stop. This has nothing to do with the victims. This has everything to do with the culture of demeaning a person of color. And, and there is no justification for a society where my son has a far greater chance of being stopped, held, killed than your son, simply because he's black. Better place, <laughs> one show at a time. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now, the George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. <laughs> All right.
All right, Jeff Sessions, James Comey, question in Robert Mueller's Russia probe. Sessions is the first known member of Trump's cabinet to be interviewed. This means, folks, all of this means is that uh, Robert Mueller is coming after Trump. He's coming after Trump. As just as Keith Overman stated the other day, Robert Mueller is interviewing all of these people in Donald Trump's circle, his circle, the people that have worked for him in the White House. They're interviewing him for one thing, to get to Trump, to get to Donald Trump. U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions was questioned last week by Special Counselor Office investigating potential collusion between no collusion, Trump, no collusion, no collusion, no collusion, as if he doesn't even really know what collusion means. You know, but anyway, the interview uh, marked the first time that uh, Special Counsel Robert Mueller's office is known to have interviewed a member of Trump's cabinet, and is another that is another milestone in the investigation that hung that hangs around Donald Trump's uh, uh, one-year-old presidency, and it's been marred. It's been awful. It's you, you, it's been a disaster. Um, Mueller's office also interviewed former Federal Bureau of Investigation FBI James Comey. Shortly after Trump fired Comey in May of 2017, a person familiar with the matter said Comey's firing led to Mueller's appointment by the Justice Department. Number two official Rod Rosenstein to take over the FBI's Russia investigation. If anything is going to get Trump, it's going, it's going to be this Russia investigation. And I'm hearing things like grand jury. I'm hearing things like subpoena or indictments, stuff like that. And that's been hanging around Trump's neck since he's been in office. And as I've, he always saying, no collusion, no collusion, no collusion, as if he doesn't really know the meaning of the Oh, the connotation of of collusion. All he knows is it sounds bad. So if it sounds bad, then he's going to say, well, no, it's not that. So um, uh, I've I've heard some people say once Trump is out of office, gets impeached. And and if it comes back uh, that uh, the Mueller uh, indicts Trump, then there's no uh, reason for Congress not to impeach him. They will have to impeach him. They will have to. You can't have a, a, a president sitting in in the White House who has just newly been indicted. Indicted. You know, so uh, they will have no uh, they will have no choice but to impeach him because indictment an indictment means that he will be hauled off to jail. So you don't want to have a, somebody in the office in the White House that's going to be hauled off to j- off to jail. You know, so uh, money laundering, collusion, uh, uh, tampering, helping. Uh, uh, someone once said that Trump was probably a Russian spy. Possibility? <laughs> Who knows? He he he's in the pants of. Putin, what's going on in that White House? But we're going to find out a lot more, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be sooner than we think because Mueller is tightening the noose around Donald Trump's neck. Believe me. And Donald Trump is still ruining America by, you know, these executive orders or or, uh, getting rid of environmental protections, upending this, upending that. Uh, He's seen as uh, 
one of the worst persons in one of the worst people, pardon me, in the world, uh, uh, by leaders of other countries. There's no doubt about that. That's that's truth. And um, at one time, it seemed like Donald Trump wanted to dominate the world, and it did. He seemed like he wanted world domination. That's just not the United States. But now we know he's not going to get that because a lot of the leaders around the world they're not going to let Donald Trump come into their country and spouse his hate and his uh, ineptitude and his inexperience. They're not going to let him bully them because that's exactly what Donald Trump is, a bully, bully, bully. And they're not going to have it. And I don't blame him. So now he's just sticking it. Now his fire is just uh, in the United States at the people. He has a war with the American people. There's no doubt about it. The people that he's hurting is the people here in the United States. He wants to hurt us because he knows that the majority of us did not vote for him. That's why. And, a, and the majority of us do not like him. So he's going to come back and say, hey, I don't like you either. <laughs> Fuck you too. This is Donald Trump. This is Donald Trump. I mean, he's, I mean, I, you got to say that's Donald Trump because he, this guy is the greatest name caller than I ever known and this is not good for the presidency he calls he's a name caller he call people he call everybody everybody names who say something against him even if it's the truth even if it's the truth he calls people names and fake news fake it's not fake news we have a fake president russia helped him helped his election there's Proven proof of that. He knows it. He knows it. He's a fake president. Everything he, he, everything he has done should be overturned. And he shouldn't be allowed to do anything else. But we have a rogue Congress. We have, uh, we have a rogue Congress. We have a White House uh, in turmoil. And we have a Congress. Republicans run everything. So they're letting this guy uh, just have his way with the American people, you know. So, uh, yeah, Jeff Sessions, James Comey, question in the Robert Mueller Russia probe. And that's, like I said before, folks, that's just tightening the noose around Donald Trump's neck. And he's quaking in his boots right now. I'm pretty sure he is quaking in his boots, and he should be. And you know what? I hope that Mueller's team gives Sessions the good cop and bad cop routine without, without a bathroom break. A car battery, <laughs> water, and a pair of pliers on Jeff Sessions' fingernails. Folks would line up for miles to slap Jeff. <laughs> this is actually a, a post coming from someone. And uh, uh, it's funny. He's saying that folks would line up for miles just to slap Jeff Sessions. <laughs> oh, well, sorry about that, folks. It's just... It was funny to me, okay? <laughs> Slapping folks lining up to slap just sessions. <laughs> and that would be equally funny if folks to just line up <laughs> uh, towards the White House and just slap Donald Trump as they walk by. You know, not, you know, the real Donald Trump, actually, you know. All right, we know that Republicans can cheat, lie, con, and bullshit their way into office. Basically, I'm saying... Don't lose sight of their misdeeds. 
to win elections, to win elections, and they will do everything they can to win elections. And as I've just got through saying, I'm so happy that the Supreme Court uh, knocked down, overruled Republicans in Pennsylvania, and that should be that that should go that should go uh, um, that should be for every state and community and district in America, not just Pennsylvania. Uh, letting these Republicans know that they cannot redraw their districts, they cannot gerrymander, they not, cannot mess with the map because they want Republicans to win. That's cheating, that's unfair, that's unconstitutional, that is against the law. But we know that the Republicans don't give a damn about law, especially constitutional law. So we have three branches of government. We have the legislature, we have the judicial and we have the, uh, uh, some people say Supreme Court, and we have the White House. And each branch is supposed to check and balance the other branch. This is not happening. This is not happening. Uh, each branch is supposed to check and balance the other branch. You know, so they, each branch, each branch have the same amount of power. The presidency is not uh being president, Donald Trump should know this, but I, I don't think he gives a damn. Uh, being president doesn't mean that he is God and law over the legislature. Being president doesn't mean that he's God and law over the Supreme Court. They both have equal power, equal power among them. If the president can't govern, the legislature will govern. govern. If the legislature can't govern, the Supreme Court steps in. This is what they call check and balances. But Donald Trump presidency has been so corrupt, so criminal, so pathetic, so pathological, and not one of those other two branches, the legislature and the judicial, is stepping in to, ch to check him, to check the White House. They're just letting the White House run r roughshod over the people, over, over Americans, over everybody uh, in the United States, and that's unfair because we don't we don't have that. And I think that the legislature is also committing crime because they're letting this uh, unfit president, unstable president, pathological liar president, uh, sexual misconduct president remain in office. And a lot of people say, "Well, George." Uh, they're trying to uh, they're trying to wait until the uh, investigation is over before they decide to do anything with Trump. They wanna the Republicans are waiting until the investigation is over. The Democrats are waiting. Want to, uh, this guy has done too goddamn much to be waiting. Uh, the the investigation may not may be another year before it's over, and Trump will be have done so much damage, not only to the United States but to the world. The man is unfit. He's un and he knows it. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. That's why he needs to go. You know, so getting back to yeah, he uh, questioned Sessions, you know, but last time uh, Sessions was questioned, he didn't know nothing. He didn't say anything. You know, <laughs> Uh, they don't want to incriminate their boss, Donald Trump, who is totally unfit for office. All right, Jeff Sessions, James Comey, question in. 
Robert Mueller's Russia probe. Hurry up, Bob. Bob, hurry up. We need this monster out. Okay. Um, now, these people here, um, okay, if, we, if we can get this right. Okay, they clean the Capitol and Trump wants them gone. Okay, these are cleaning people. Uh, you know, uh, they keeps the they keeps the cap, they, you know cleaning people like you know if you go down to downtown to one of those five star hotels you see a lot of maids and people around cleaning and mopping and stuff like that. You have to keep these places clean and the U.S. Capitol have to has to be clean too. I mean the toilets and everything, the bathrooms and you know the floors have to be mopped and all this kind of thing. And the people who do this kind of work, Trump wants to get rid of them. Who's going to clean the Capitol? I mean, how, how, <laughs> I guess he, he wants to fire all the cleaning personnel. Uh, and I'm thinking because they are illegal or they are just from another country. And you know how racist Trump is. Okay, these women, these women have spent years cleaning up after senators who want to deport them. Okay? Now, Salvadorian immigrants who have long-filled D.C. service jobs will now soon lose their protective status. So therefore, Trump is throwing everybody out of the country whom he thinks deemed necessary. He throw African Americans out if he could. He throw Chinese out if he could. He throw um, uh, Filipinos out if he could. And I'm pretty sure he's he's looking at that. Anybody who's not illegal, he doesn't like. Trump doesn't. If you don't, if you're not rich, white, and fat like he is, he wants you deported. He wants you deported. That's a damn shame. These women who have cleaned, clean uh, up the capital. I mean, you know, cleaning ladies who have cleaned up the capital for for many many years, and then Trump gets his ass in office. He wants to deport all of them. Who are you going to get to clean up the capital, to keep it clean, to keep it spotless, to keep it shiny? <laughs> Most Americans will not take those type of jobs, and that's the truth, you know. Okay, a lot of uh, unglamorous work goes on into running the salad bar in the basement of the Dirksen Senate office building, from cleaning off the sneeze guards to up all the lettuce and that the senators and their staffers dropped during the lunch rush. Immigrants like, uh, I'm not going to call a name, do the labor. They clean up after these senators in the Capitol, and now they want, the senators want these people deported. And they could be the, the dreamers. They want the dreamers out of there. And the dreamers, I, I hate to say it, uh, and I'm going to be the first one to say it if I'm not the, the hundredth person to say it. I think the immigrants are going to be deported. Uh, remember this negotiation with Chuck Schumer and uh, Donald Trump, it fell through. You know, and, and if you're going to hang on the promise of uh, Mitch McConnell to bring this, to bring bring the vote of the dreamers to the floor, uh, as much as these people lie and deceit, lie, deceit, you know, it, it's going to be something to see, not something not to wait for. But I do think that the dreamers are, are going to be deported and the Democrats are just they caved in on this. Uh, I think they caved in for, for one reason. They didn't want the uh, uh, the chip program to fall through, pinning pitting kids against, against kids. You know, they didn't want that to happen. So anyway, let's get back to 
um, Donald Trump and the, Repu- and the Republican senators uh, wanting to uh, uh, deport the folks who clean up the Capitol, to clean up after the senators when they make a mess in the Capitol. They, they want to uh, deport them. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a mess. Scraping by as she and her husband, a janitor at Whole Foods, tried to raise their children in suburban Washington. But last week, 37-year-old learned that as far as, as the U.S. government is concerned, her service will no longer be needed. They, she, they will be deported. Wow. These are some son of the guns. In, <laughs> these are some son of the guns in Washington, deporting everybody who isn't like them. They don't care what you do. They just want you out. I'm pretty sure. I mean, if you if you're here illegally, folks, uh, and some of you are, are law-abiding citizens, you've done nothing, you've been here for decades. Donald Trump and his goons are coming after you, and that's a shame. It's a shame. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Blog Talk Radio, and um, it's been fun. I am a little bit under the weather, folks. So if I if I sound a little bit backwards or stuttering or or going ah ooh uh or whatever i mean i'm coming down with something and it, it's not it's not unusual it's not uh that um it's not just isolated to myself i mean this is i mean we have uh the flu epidemic and outbreak in chicago is just astronomical but it's best if you if you think you have the flu and you did not have a flu shot it's best for you to go to a, to a clinic uh, to to uh, uh, save yourself because it, it the flu can kill. It has killed. Um, but I don't think um, that the symptoms that I have are strong enough to go to the doctor because the doctors are saying, hey, well, if you don't have the, if you're not coughing or throwing up or you chills or a sore throat and, you know, Stay home because the, the uh, stay home because the hospitals, the clinics, and the doctors' offices are really, really uh, uh, pouring out at the seams with people um, coming in with signs and symptoms of the flu. People coming in, you know, throwing up or and stuff like scratchy throat, sore throat, uh, soreness all over your body and stuff and stuff. You know, it's not it's not that bad. You know, so, not for me, it's not that bad. But I know that the flu outbreak in the city of Chicago and elsewhere is just massive. I mean, it's it's one for the history books, if you want to really put it that way, folks. It's one for the history books. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show on Block Talk Radio. Follow me right here on... <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at a clip here, and it says, shithole comments. And every time I see it, you know, it... <laughs> It makes me laugh because it reminds me of Donald Trump. <laughs> Boy, the, the only shithole around around here is Donald Trump. And I'm pretty sure he's heard it a hundred million times. Shitholes. It, it, it's, it's totally, totally uh, unreal. The Junior Show is now on the air. Well, I wanna say I 
sleep where you wanna sleep and say what you wanna say and let the children play what they wanna play and work when you wanna work like when you wanna play oh that's Shields, also Republican strategist Rick Wilson. I have to start with this question. Van Jones, I'm going to ask you first. Does this president have no sense of decency? Well, apparently not. I mean, part, part of what I think is, is so tragic is that this was a tremendous opportunity for the country, not just President Trump, but for the country, to finally give due credit to people who helped to win this war. Those code talkers, um, any other language, uh, the Japanese and Germans were prepared to break the code. Mathematically, they're prepared to break the code. These Navajo code talkers were the only people who were able to, sort, to, to get communication. They're not protesting the flag. They're not protesting the anthem. No, no, no. This is CNN Tonight. I'm Don Lemon. Breaking news on the Russia investigation, first on CNN. The president's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, told congressional investigators that he had no communication with WikiLeaks. He also said he did not recall any other member of the campaign who had. But Kushner did receive and forward an email from Donald Trump Jr. about contact Trump Jr. had with WikiLeaks, according to a new report this week and a letter from the Senate Judiciary Committee. We do not know the content of what was in that email. Kushner's lawyer just released a letter saying in part this. As to the WikiLeaks document to which you refer, this has been mischaracterized in the press. Mr. Kushner had no contacts with that organization and was, along with others, forwarded an email from Donald Trump Jr. that has been widely reported and disseminated. This is no new document concerning Mr. Kushner. There is no new document concerning Mr. Kushner. We'll have more on this in a moment for you here on this program. But first, I want to turn to President Trump, seemingly doing everything he can to avoid talking about Roy Moore and the sexual allegations against him. He wants us to believe Al Franken, Harvey Weinstein, and Bill Clinton's accusers, but not his own. More than a dozen women, as a matter of fact. And today, he sent Sarah Sanders out to take questions that he should really be answering himself. Senator Franken has admitted wrongdoing, and the president hasn't. 
That is absolutely true. The president hasn't admitted anything. He'd like to sweep the allegations against him under the rug. He'd like you to forget all about the women who accused him. And here they are in no specific order. Number one, Nenny Laksonanen, a former Miss Finland. In 2006, while posing for a picture with Trump and another contestant, and another contestant, she says, quote, he grabbed my butt before an appearance on The Late Show with David Letterman. Number two, Jessica Lees says she sat next to Trump on a flight. It was around 1980. Here's how she described that to our Anderson Cooper. He was grabbing my breasts and trying to turn me towards him and, and kissing me. And then after a bit, that's when his hands started going. I was wearing a skirt and he, his hands started going towards my knee and up my skirt. Donald Trump told a New York Times reporter, quote, none of this ever took place. Number three, Mindy McGillivray. She told the Palm Beach Post that Trump groped her 14 years ago when she was assisting a photographer at Mar-a-Lago. He didn't give me a second glance. He knew what he did. I know he knew what he did. The Trump campaign threatened a lawsuit which has yet to happen. Number four, Rachel Crooks says 12 years ago, she was a receptionist at the building where Trump worked. After she said hello and shook his hand, she says Trump kissed her on the cheeks and then on the mouth. She told the New York Times, quote, I was so upset that he thought I was so insignificant that he could do that. Jason Miller, who was then a Trump spokesman, called the Times that article fiction. And number five is Natasha Stoinoff, a writer for People magazine, was at Mar-a-Lago in 2005 to write about Trump and his wife Melania's one-year anniversary. She says Trump pushed her against a wall and started, quote, forcing his tongue down her throat. Trump's campaign told People the incident never happened. Number six, Temple Taggart, a former Miss Utah, claims Trump gave her a non-consensual embrace and kissed her on the lips during a rehearsal for Miss USA when she was 21 years old. Taggart says Trump did it again later during a meeting at Trump Tower. She spoke to our Aaron Burnett. He's married. This is awkward for me. He's much older. This is not at all what I came here for. Trump told NBC, quote, I don't even know who she is. Number seven is Kristen Anderson. She says she was at a Manhattan nightclub. She was an apprentice contestant. She says Trump first kissed her during a meeting in New York. But since she says she hoped to get a job at the Trump organization, she met with him, met to have dinner with him in Los Angeles, and says that she was escorted into a room next to where he was getting dressed. Zervos Gritley a decade ago. There's number nine. Kathy Heller says she met Trump at Mar-a-Lago. It was during Mother's Day, a brunch at 20 years ago. She told The Guardian she had been introduced to Trump by her mother-in-law. She said he, quote, took my hand and grabbed me and went for the lips all without her consent. Jason Miller called that a false accusation. Number 10 now, Jill Harth says she and her then boyfriend were involved in a business venture with Donald Trump. She says Trump made unwanted sexual advances towards her, including groping her under her skirt on two occasions in 1992 and 1993 
And then there was a statement from Hope Hicks again to CNN, quote, Mr. Trump denies each and every statement made by Ms. Harth. Number 11 is Jessica Drake, an adult film performer and director, says Trump invited her to his suite at a charity golf tournament in Lake Tahoe. That was in 2000. The use of his private plane if she would go out to dinner or attend a party with him. The Trump campaign statement called the story totally false and ridiculous. It doesn't. But there's a 13th accuser who wishes to remain anonymous. She is a friend of CNN's Aaron Burnett. And she says Trump tried to kiss her on the lips at Trump Tower in 2010. She says he invited her into his office alone, told her she was special, and gave her his cell phone number. She told Aaron, quote, I ran the hell out of there. Thirteen women, 13 stories of behavior that was, at the very, very, very least, inappropriate. Maybe President Trump is right. Maybe you think they're all lying. But how do we explain Donald Trump's own words? Powers and April Ryan. Good evening. Interesting when you put it all together like that, huh, Kirsten? Yeah. Look, I mean, it's it's tough to watch, I think. And I think it's tough to watch in light of what we've been watching almost on a daily basis. It's just, um, you know, we're just having a lot of uh, video of women telling stories about being mistreated by powerful men. And but Kirsten, here's the, the thing. The message from this White House is to avoid any real position on Roy Moore. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to believe Al Franken's accuser and other accu accusers, right? Every single one of them. But then when it comes to Trump's accusers, all of them are liars. Is that, yeah. does that about sum it up? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And look, and, and, if, if you're on Twitter and you ever criticize Donald Trump for uh, when these women came forward, what's the automatic response? It's always Bill Clinton. They always want to talk about other people who have accusation against them and they take them completely at face value. They are completely true whenever they are made against a Democrat. When they're made against a Republican, specifically Donald Trump, there's no truth to them whatsoever. Jack, so talk to me here. Do you see hypocrisy wafting from the White House? I do see um, some uh, a standard that if I was uh, a big critic that, that I'd have some questions about. And I'm a big fan and I have some questions about. So I think that the criticism is legitimate. Which are, I, what are your I, questions? Well, I, I do think that the president attacking Al Franken and maybe being less than loud on um, uh, Roy Moore is disturbing, but I do want to point out that Ivanka, Jeff Sessions, and the President have, um, Sessions and Ivanka Live have um, issued statements about Roy Moore, uh, Jeff Sessions saying he had no reason to doubt the women, and Ivanka saying there's a place in hell for um, uh, men who molest young women young girls in this case. I can't remember the exact quote. And then the president did say, if this is true, he needs to get out of the race. Mm -hmm. And he backed up the Senate decision to withdraw money from the race. Um, I think, though, that if the president goes out saying more, that he's just going to have more of these type shows where, um, uh, you know, allegations against him are going to be resurrected over and over again. Um, you know, I was involved in the campaign. During this week in particular, I remember um, the Access Hollywood story came out at 5 o'clock on a Friday, and I was doing 
MSNBC the next morning and CNN as well, and immediately spent the next week looking at some of these allegations. And I, and I do think that, um, you know, in the world where you are innocent until proven guilty, there were some questionable stories. Um, you think all of them are lying? I, I don't know about all of them, but I, I would say, for example, on Jessica Drake, just Google her. Um, I, I don't think she's a reliable witness. Um, I, if she was offered $10,000, I can tell you she did a lot more for less. Just yeah. look, I, and, well, you know, I, listen, I don't want to impugn to... anyone's reputation, but there are people who, are said, who have said, and we have not reported here, the same thing about uh, the Franken accuser, considering that she was a model and for a playboy and all that. But what does that have to do with the price of tea? China it has nothing to do with anything. Well, I'll tell you what it had to do with, particularly at that time, Don, is that all these women came forward in almost a one-week period of time, and let's all admit that Gloria Aldridge is the celebrity um, defense all lawyer. All red. I'm sorry. Um, you know, she she may be the best, but she's also the one who's out there the fastest, particularly when it comes to, I'd say maybe even some with a political flair, but. Um, uh, you know, I'll give you another example. I, I want to get April in. I want to okay, get April I, I, in. Because uh, we've been Thank we've you. Been thank time. you. You know, listen, April, first thank Sarah you. Sanders, and you, you know, you were there today and you, at this press briefing that this is a conversation that should be taken seriously. But then what comes with that, though, for her is an asterisk, which means not for the president. That's why I don't want to end it. Go ahead. Well, well, here's the issue. When you have a president who is the moral leader and he's pointing fingers at people for something that he's alleged to have done, you've, rec you've recounted 13 times, it's tough. And listening to Jack at the very beginning, he was, that was poignant what Jack said. Jack is concerned himself for him to be such a staunch supporter and someone in the campaign trail uh, with this president. It's a real issue when you talk about uh, going after Al Franken and being silent on Roy Moore at this moment, and then you have 12 accusers, it is, the silence is deafening. He not only has to speak about Roy Moore now, but he also has to speak about his, his self. He's got to save himself now, um, if he can do that, uh, as it relates to these uh, sexual misconduct uh, allegations. So this is a real issue, and this is something, this is an albatross around this president's neck. And this could, this could stay with him for a while. He may weather the storm, but it still stays with him. And then what's damning for this president is that Access Hollywood tape. I mean, you had Tic Tac come out, the Tic Tac company come out talking about this is not, we don't condone this. I mean, this was such a real issue when it came out. And this is... It was not locker room. This was joking in the midst of trying to move on to meet with a woman, a beautiful woman that they were going to talk to. And yeah. it's the yeah. president has to speak. He yeah. has to speak. Well, listen, we've got a lot more to talk about. I don't want you guys to go anywhere. And you heard, you know, Jack uh, mention, you know, the Clintons and all of that. We're going to discuss that when we come back. Hillary Clinton weighs in. And is this still 2016 or something? Also. Straight ahead, breaking news on the Russia investigation. First on CNN, the White House senior advisor, Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, told congressional Russia investigators that he did not communicate with WikiLeaks and did not recall anyone on the Trump campaign who, who had. Well, it turns out that is not as more is following the Trump playbook to a T. 
He's following it not quite to a T, I would say. I think that, you know, Donald Trump leaned into it a little bit more than Roy Moore is. He's hiding uh, more than Donald Trump did. Donald Trump, in fact, sort of became even more aggressive, if you remember, about it by bringing the women to the, that Bill Clinton, had, who had accused Bill Clinton, bringing them to the press conference, sort of trying to rub this in Hillary's face. I mean, he what, he wasn't backing away from it. I think Roy Moore is, is hiding a little bit more. But what they're doing the same, I guess, is just the denial, saying that it just didn't happen and it doesn't matter how much evidence comes forward. They just keep saying that it didn't happen. And they have voters who are willing to believe this, who absolutely um, are willing to believe and maybe Jack can explain why Republican voters seem to be more inclined to As a matter of fact, we have a, a woman on uh, a little bit later on in the show who's going to explain why she actually uh, was part of and helped to lead uh, a, a support for a Roy Moore uh, rally down in Alabama today. So we're going to hear from that. But I, I, I have to get this in because this is just in. Hillary Clinton is now responding to Senator Kristen Gillibrand's comments that, that she thought President Bill Clinton should have resigned over the Lewinsky affair. This is what she told WABC. Watch this, everyone. I don't exactly know what she was trying to say because uh, her whole comment was somewhat uh, uh, contradictory, but I'll let her speak for herself. This was a painful time, uh, not only in our marriage, but in our country, as I've written about. But it was investigated fully. It was addressed at the time. He was held accountable. That is very different uh, than what uh, people seem to be uh, remembering from that period, because you can go back and look at the history. Okay. Um, so Kirsten Gillibrand was asked in an interview if she thought that Bill Clinton, after the accusations of what happened uh, during the Lewinsky scandal, if he should step down at the time. She said yes. Remember, she's an acolyte of the Clintons. Um, but now she's saying he should have stepped down. What's your response to this, April? You know, it kind of goes along with something that Sarah Huckabee Sanders said today uh, in the briefing room, because I asked her a question. I talked to Hillary Clinton as well today. And I asked Hillary Clinton about this situation with President Trump, uh, as well as Roy Moore. And she said, you know, the president's past is showing us his, president, his, his present and his future. And Sarah Huckabee Sanders said something along the line that, you know, she, you know, basically has a lot of nerve to talk. Uh, and she was referencing uh, Bill Clinton, then President Bill Clinton. Um, you know, I was there. Uh, with the Monica Lewinsky scandal, you could see the pain in that family. You could also see the pain in the nation. I remember when Ken Starr drove up to depose the president of the United States at that time in the map room. Um, it was a day I'll never forget. He was asked about it. He was investigated about it. He was impeached basically over it. So, um, and ultimately, you know, he, he, he lied about it at first, but then he, he, I remember him saying, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Well, he had no choice. But actually, it ultimately, the evidence showed something different. I mean, there right, was a blue right, dress, right, there was DNA. Right. Was, you know, he lied right, under oath. Right. That blue, exactly. But he lied under oath. But guess what? It all came out. It was investigated. He was impeached. There was a hearing on the Hill. There was, a, you know, testimony on the Hill. All this was going on on the Hill about this. Now, what do we have here? Yeah. People need to stop looking at the past and look at the present. A lot of people like to deflect. 
Um, and, and I'm not saying this to make people think that I'm for one side or the other, but the issue is now that happened then and it was real then and it does play into now. We've seen this. And if it played into then, it needs to play into now. Yeah. Everything comes to the White House from water peace and everything in between. And, if it's, and this is in between. Yeah. And, the, and the president is a moral leader. And this is at his doorstep. And I mean, I'm telling you, tonight is is a moment that I'll never forget when Jack actually is is a supporter of the president who has concerns about this. And if Jack has concerns, imagine the rest of the Republicans who have concerns That's be about this it. president and the allegations. Thank yeah. you all. I appreciate a fascinating conversation. I'm sure we'll be talking about it much more. Have a good weekend. Thanks again. When we come back, new developments in the Russia investigation. A source telling CNN that Jared Kushner told congressional Russia investigators he didn't recall anyone in the campaign communicating with WikiLeaks, even though he had received and forwarded an email about just that. We're bringing you the details. We have to discuss some new developments in the Russia investigation tonight. We're learning that, uh, contrary to what he told congressional Russia investigators, Jared Kushner received an email about WikiLeaks, and it came from the president's son. CNN's justice correspondent is Evan Perez, and he's here with more. Good evening, Evan. What are you learning? Good evening, Don. Well, Jared Kushner told congressional investigators that he didn't communicate with, with WikiLeaks and didn't recall anyone in the Trump campaign who did. But we know from disclosures this week that Donald Trump Jr. sent an email to Kushner and others in the campaign last year to pass on information that he learned from WikiLeaks and that then Kushner then forwarded that email to Hope Hicks, one of the closest aides to then-candidate Trump, and of course the, the communications director at the White House. Now, what, what this latest revelation does, Don, is it turns up the pressure for Kushner to go back to Capitol Hill for more interviews and to explain himself. We heard yesterday from the leaders of the Senate Judiciary Committee who sent a public letter to Kushner's lawyer saying that Kushner had failed to turn over documents that they know exist, and that includes information about WikiLeaks, Don. Mm -hmm. So what about Kushner uh, and his camp? Are they responding? What are they saying? They are. Abby Lowell, Kushner's attorney, says that the WikiLeaks question is a gotcha question. He's, he adds that, quote, in over six hours of voluntary testimony, Mr. Kushner answered all the questions put to him and demonstrated that there had been no collusion between the campaign and Russia. And Lowell, by the way, also disputes the Judiciary Committee's letter accusing Kushner of not turning over documents. He also says that the Senate Judiciary Committee should ask other congressional committees for their transcripts of their Kushner interviews and that they should go to the White House for additional documents, Don. Yeah. So listen, one of the, the mysterious questions raised by the senators was an email chain that suggested a Russian backdoor overture and dinner invite. Do you know anything about that? Well, yeah, we, we now know uh, from uh, both from sources and from uh, Abby Lowell himself that there was this uh, overture that, that came from a, it originated with a West Virginia man, and it all centers around another another attempt by the Russians to make inroads with the Trump campaign. Now, this involved uh, a Russian official by the name of Alexander Torshin, and apparently what he was doing was passing on through this West, West Virginia supporter of the president uh, an effort to set up some kind of uh, side meeting at, at an NRA convention 
Uh, at the same time, he also was trying to get a, a connection between Putin and the Trump campaign. Now, all of this, uh, according to Abby Lowell, was rejected by Jared Kushner, who basically warned people in the campaign uh, about dealing with people who were simply exaggerating uh, their connections, Don. So it appears that this didn't go anywhere. Evan Perez, we appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I want to bring in now CNN legal analyst Laura Coates, CNN national security analyst Steve Hall, a former chief of Russian operations for the CIA, and Jack Barsky. Jack is a former KGB spy and author of Deep Undercover, My Secret Life and Tangled Allegiances as a KGB Spy in America. Good evening, everyone. Thank you. Welcome to the program. Steve Kushner testified he didn't communicate with Russia and he didn't know of any such contacts by the campaign. We now know he received and forwarded an email from Donald Trump Jr. about contacts the president's sons had with WikiLeaks. Kushner's attorney says he got gotcha questions. Do you believe that? What do you think? You know, again, coming from a counterintelligence background like I do, where you're looking for patterns, there, this is just another, another piece of the puzzle, another part of the pattern. Uh, you know, Jared Kushner and others in the Trump team can say, well, you know, the, there's no connections to Russia here. There's no connections, you know, to WikiLeaks or others. And we have to remember the, the role that Kushner has played. You'll, you'll also recall previous reporting uh, indicating that, uh, that Kushner uh, was involved with uh, Cambridge Analytica, uh, the, the political research firm, which was trying to get uh, connections to WikiLeaks. So, you know, you've got sort of a dance going on here. You've got people on the Trump team who seem to want to play a little bit with the Russians, uh, whether it's Kushner's Kis meetings with Ambassador, former Ambassador Kislyak or his involvement, you know, with WikiLeaks through Cambridge Analytica. And then you've got the Russians who are clearly looking at all the different areas of the Trump team that they can get into, starting at the very top from family members like Kushner and Donald Trump Jr. and all the way down through through smaller fish like you know like Papadopoulos and guys like that. So it's, yeah. it's part of a of an interesting Russian operation. Uh, Laura, I'm sure you remember uh, after his testimony this summer, Jerry Kushner spoke to reporters. But let's just sort of refresh everyone's memory for a bit here. Watch this. Let me be very clear. I did not collude with Russia, nor do I know of anyone else in the campaign who did so. Here uh, the Kushner documents that Senate Judiciary Chairman Chuck Grassley and Ranking Member Dianne Feinstein say we're missing, are missing, okay? Uh, the missing, missing Kushner documents, communications with Flynn, security clearance documents, email chain concerning WikiLeaks, Russian backdoor overture dinner invite, phone record source, Senate Judiciary Committee's letter to Kushner. So when it comes to Kushner, it, it seems like we never get the full picture and how, how far can the I don't recall defense go? Well, I think that it's time that it can't go any farther. And frankly, all these different caveats and kind of semantics-based arguments about what you recall and what you did not recall, and oh, is that what you remember? Of the list that you just gave, Don, several of those have been in the news quite recently, including one involving the wife, the brother of his own wife, involving WikiLeaks. You would think that his memory would be jogged, or that he would say, perhaps I should be more comprehensive in the information that I turn over, as opposed to having it continue to drip, drip. A lot of this is self-inflicted wounds, the idea of only handing over that which you are, was requested by you. This is an operation in an counterintelligence probe that is widening and widening its scope and its scrutiny, largely based on the actions of the people that it's investigating. Because there seems to be this impression that if you drip, 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 and you're not entirely forthcoming, that somehow that will inert to your benefit. And as they see time and time again, and as we see time and time again, nothing could be farther from the truth. The entire role of 
of the FBI is to be the proverbial dog with a bone who is intent on finding out why people have this selective amnesia and how far they're willing to take it. So, so um, Jack, as, as Evan just reported before the segment, we, we have more information about the backdoor overture in the dinner uh, that invite the Senate Judiciary Committee is, is asking about. It refers to, by the way, a West Virginia man, a former contractor in Iraq, who proposed a, a meeting between Russians uh, and the Trump campaign on the sidelines of, of an NRA uh, convention. Does this sound uh, like a Russian covert operation to you? Well, yeah, of course, it sounds like the sandbox I, I was trained to play in. Uh, any chance you get, you know, to make inroads, you, you probe, you try here, there, and everywhere. So what we got here, when, when you look at the entire picture, we, we have with WikiLeaks a bunch of anarchists who are out to make trouble and you don't know exactly who they're aligned with. You've got, you got some really, really well-trained operatives uh, on the Russian side. And you've got, let's you know, just be uh, uh, very nice uh, to Mr. Kushner, we've got somebody very naive who is sort of tempted to take advantage of, of that uh, and, and, and bite uh, and, 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 and take that bait. And so we got a big old mess. I just don't know where all this investigation is going to lead us. Uh, we are losing focus on the real problem, and that's the Russian and their capability and their continued meddling, and they're not going to stop. And we're too much focused on this, the fringe stuff around it. You know, maybe Kushner is guilty in some way, but uh, I think the big fish is still the Russians. Okay. Uh, stick with me, everyone. When we come back, uh, the Attorney General cracking this joke today. I want to ask you, is Ambassador Kislyak in the room? <laughs> Before I get started here, <laughs> any Russians? <laughs> really? And we are back now with Laura Coates, Steve Hall, and Jack Barsky. So, Laura, the Attorney General Jeff Sessions was uh, at the Mayflower Hotel today. Here he is. I just was thinking, you know, I said, uh, what I ask you is, is Ambassador Kislyak in the room? Before I get started here, any Russians? Anybody? All right, welcome back. Okay, that's a little late. I think it's a little bit delayed there. Uh, folks, welcome back to the George Wanda Jr. Show. We've got about eight more minutes left into the show. Mueller wants to talk to Donald Trump soon. And at first, Donald Trump was kind of offish uh, about talking to uh, Robert Mueller, the special counsel that's investigating him. Uh, and I just hope something comes of this. I just hope he nails Trump to the wall, get that piece of crap out of the White House. And then people are saying, but if Donald Trump is gone, then we're going to have Pence. Well, we're just going to have to we get Donald Trump and then we get Pence next because he's a total ass kisser. And I don't like ass kissers and cowards. And that's what Pence is. And he is dangerous to America also. Okay, Mueller wants to talk to Trump soon. This is breaking news, folks. We've got about five more minutes left into the show, but this is breaking news. Washington Post special counsel has questions about Trump's dismissals of Comey and Flynn. Okay? Trump hasn't fired Mueller partially because of how the press would react, you know, the White House says. 
Trump can't fire Mueller. He can he he can probably uh uh that uh he can probably have someone else do it. Initiate for someone else to do it. But Trump uh inclined to allow Mueller memo to re- be be released. Um I'm hearing that Trump is going to talk to Mueller, Mueller, Bob Mueller. I said Mueller, Mueller. I, uh, it's the same person. You understand that. Um And here Trump touts African American job claims. He always trying to he he's always trying to make himself look good. It's all about him. It's not about, about Americans, it's not about infrastructure. It's about him. He tried to make himself look good. He's the president of the United States. Uh we are his judges. We are his jury. We're the ones who gives gives him an A or an F. Great. He doesn't give himself an A. You know, that's stupid. I mean, the man is a narcissist. He is uh, what he is, you know, egotistical. He thinks about only of himself, no one else. Egotistical. He can't help it. And if he tries not to pretend like he's not that, then he's lying again because Trump has been egotistical, self-absorbed most of his life. You know, and he can't change by, uh, you know, being president. He's who he is. He's a racist. He's been a racist all of his life. He cannot change that fact. He cannot change who he is, but he's going to try. Anyway, it's going to be very, very amusing. And get out the popcorn, the soda pop or or bottle of water. This is going to get better as it goes along. And we're going to be here at the George Wilder Jr. Show to take it all in and, and to give it all out. Uh, pertaining to this uh, uh, Mueller uh, investigation of Donald Trump's meddling into Russia. Uh, it, it's more than about firing. It's more than about collusion. I think it's also about money laundering. And that's one of the things that's probably going to get, may probably going to get Donald Trump up out of that office. I'm looking for more than just subpoenas. I'm looking for indictments, you know. Something that's going to say something that's going to stick that that's going to get this guy up and out of our White House immediately. Heaven help the child who never had a home. Heaven help. Bombs begin to fall Heaven help the black man If he struggles one more day Heaven help the white man If he turns back away Heaven help the man Who kicks the man as a crawl
lay me down before I go to sleep. In the troubled world, I pray the Lord to keep keep hatred from the mighty and the mighty from the small. Thank everybody for tuning in to the Fort Wilder Dreamers show.